You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarlane. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Hey, welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name is Steve Bose. I am super excited. I'm usually excited for the HR Happy Hour Show, come to think of it. But I'm especially excited today because I'm in one of my favorite places in the world. Not Madison Square Garden, sadly, but Las Vegas. Las Vegas, Nevada. I love it. I'm out here at the Health and Benefits Leadership Conference at the ARIA in Las Vegas. We've been a super conference for the last day and a half. Uh, I hosted the Ideas and Innovators session yesterday, which is always one of my favorite conference sessions that we do. At, we do it at HR Tech. We do it here at the Health and Benefits Leadership Conference. Super, super fun, and I had a blast doing that with some great, great folks. And here today, hanging out, taking in some sessions, recording a little pod, recording the podcast today. So uh, really, really excited. I have a great guest. She's waiting in the wings. I'm going to introduce her in one second. I also want to say hi to Trish McFarlane, of course. Trish, not uh, not being able to to be with us today. Hey, Trish, and I uh, hope things are well. We'll see you soon. And uh, thanks to Virgin Pulse, the HR Happy Hour show sponsor, who is out here at the Health and Benefits Leader Con- Leadership Conference as well. They have a great booth. I had a nice dinner with some of the folks from Virgin Pulse last night and some of their customers. Super fun time and, and just a great group of folks, great solutions that they have. So check them out at www.virginpulse.com. All right, that's it for the announcements. Let's get on with the show. I, I get a ton of email pitches for the blog, for the show, for other things that I do. And 95% of them, I honestly, I just blow off the page. They're not relevant. I'm not interested. I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. I just, I can't deal with it. I got an email the other day from a PR person who wanted to talk about student loans and student, uh, student debt. And I said, boom, reply to that one. Yes, I want to talk about that because it's, it's a subject I've written about fairly recently on the blog and I'm really interested in it. And we're going to talk about student loans today and student debt and sort of why this is such an important issue. So with me today, my guest, Jen Bailey. She's the Director of Business Development for Tuition.io. Jen is the, the Tuition.io is the nation's first and most comprehensive employee, employer-funded student loan contribution platform. At Tuition.io, Jen focuses on tailoring Tuition.io's platform for specific client needs. She's helped build Tuition.io's position as a market leader in the benefit space. Pre- uh, there's a lot of stuff here, Jen. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm just reading this now. I should have read that. I, this is how prepared I am for the happy hour. You, uh, this is really cool. You grew w- Equinox Fitness Clubs. That's pretty yeah. cool in your background. I love that. True Car, CAA, Sony Pictures. Done a lot of things. Lifting the burden of student loans is also a personal mission for Jen. She graduated with a Bachelor of Architecture from Woodbury University. And is this right? I'm going to read this, Jen. You tell me this is right. Upwards of $80,000 in student loans That's right. for architecture? Yeah. Holy cow. Jen is also the grateful recipient of monthly student loan contributions by Tuition.io to help pay off her own student debt. Enough with me fumbling over this really cool <laughs> bio. Jen, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you? I am great. Thank you for having us, Steve. We're, we're super excited to participate. So. 
I, I'm not just like making this up because you're sitting here. I, when I got that email, I said, I absolutely am writing back. I'm very, very interested in this. So maybe we can start by just talking about this issue. Yeah. Why is student debt an issue right now in America? You know, this is a fascinating space. Um, student loan debt is the second largest debt level in the consumer population. Right, mortgage is number one, right? Mortgage is and number then, one, and then you've got student loan debt. Yeah, more than cars, more than I mean, this everything is, else, right? This is something that is so much more pervasive than what people initially are aware of. And so, you know, thankful to the, um, to the political landscape for helping to shine a light on this and bring certain crazy statistics like the $1.3 trillion of student loan debt, Unreal. you know, the average $35,000 of student loan debt that these people are graduating from school with, um, you know, 70% right now of the, um, of, of the graduates are coming out of school with loans and, and that's the future workforce. I, I mean, that's high. So, I would have guessed it was like 90, honestly. I know. Yeah, well, it's on the up yeah. uptake. So we're, we're seeing that those numbers go up year over year, which is crazy. So that's why this is so important is because it's just so pervasive. Um, you know, one of the, also just a little segment to sure. that, people think of this as a millennial benefit. They think of it for the young folks, but then I have conversations with folks that have a very seasoned team and they're just struggling with the parent plus loans. Those are the loans that are held by the, oh, okay. the, so the folks with the adult kids and they're taking out loans for their own kids. So it's like sandwiching their whole workforce with this crazy amount of student loan debt. Yeah, and it becomes an issue, like many of the things we hear at the Health and Benefits Leadership Conference, uh, significant student loan debt, issues with perhaps dealing with that, for paying it down, making decisions in, in, your, in your personal life, mm -hmm. affect your work life. So right. it can be student loan debt. We've seen you know, other conversations here at the show around you know, chronic disease or right. elder care and so many of the other issues that happen. But this one, I think, is only maybe kind of recently getting more and more on people's radar and more yeah. importantly, I guess, for, for, for our, our perspective today, on HR, HR leaders' uh, radars as well, I would right. say. Well, you know, this is our second year attending the conference, and last year it was all about, you know, what is this? Mm -hmm. Why are people doing this? This is crazy. I've never heard of it. This year it's, we are familiar. We are starting to understand this, and that's why financial wellness and especially student loan debt is just coming to the surface as a really key um, benefit opportunity for employers. Yeah. I you know, for the benefit of folks, even maybe like me who don't mm -hmm. completely know how this works, yeah. and, and folks who are listening who may not know, as you said, the market's getting a little bit better educated, but mm -hmm. I would like to take a little bit of a step back, and I'd love to have, you know, I don't, I, I don't like to do this often with solution providers, right, right? right? Like, I won't have a payroll provider on here to say, well, tell me how your payroll system works, yeah. because that's terrible, but I would, uh, like, I'd love for you to kind of tell us how this platform works how an employer interacts with it, and, and how it's implemented in organizations. Yeah, I mean, just the the most basic sense: what is student loan contributions? What does this What does this mean? What are companies doing? Um, student loan contributions are literally dollars that organizations are earmarking mm -hmm. to pay towards their employees' existing student loan debt. Okay. So tuition reimbursement, everybody's familiar. It's a very popular benefit. That goes towards future loans. That goes towards future education. We're specifically dealing with the past student loan debt okay. to alleviate that burden. 
um, tuition I owe, so not to come off pitchy. No, it's all right. I, like I said, I don't, I, I, like, I don't normally do yeah, that on the podcast, yeah. but to me, I think we're, I'm hopeful that we're doing some education here right. as well. So I'd like to, I'll take a little more pitch than normally we get on the show. Great. So in the, in the basic sense, we administer that process of okay. facilitating those dollars, getting from organization to the loan servicers okay. for the employees. Um, it's wrapped in a shell of financial wellness resources, um, specifically focusing on the student loan debt and student loan wellness management. So, you know, providing resources to the employees on the front end, providing back end analytics for teams that they've never had gotcha. before on the student loan debt on, on the back end. But really, the, the main focus is going to be connecting that process and making it as effortless for employers to begin to offer this type of a new benefit. Yeah, so so to make sure I understand as well and the folks mm-hmm. who are listening understand. So an employer who might want to offer this benefit, it, it, anyone can offer the benefit, or right? It, but it helps certainly to work with a partner who can help them navigate that, that landscape and make those connections, right, between the, the loan holders, if right. that's the right word, and, and then their organization as well so that the, the flow all works perfectly and it's all aligned properly. I mean, that makes sense to do that, right? Right. I mean, this is not a brand new concept. To be honest, organizations have been doing this in-house for mm-hmm. years. Um, our founder actually started off the organization. Um, we started off as an optimization and wellness tool back in 2012. Okay. So we were helping consumers manage their debt. I see. Okay. It came up actually, I believe he heard of it through SHRM, that employees were doing this. But there was no servicers to administer this process and take care of that, that payment facilitation. Mm-hmm. Hence, Tuition.io was born as student loan contribution servicer. And so the whole the whole pro, the whole premise is that you want to make sure that the dollars get from point A to point B. Right. You want to make sure that it goes to the servicer, that it's paid to the right type of loan. That it's not going to a credit card loan. It's not going to right. a mortgage or something like that. Um, and then you want to be able to have the confidence that um, the benefit is obviously impacting the the employees. Um, the employee's life, and that's when we provide the analytics on the um, on the back end. Yes, that's a couple. Yeah, because that separates this from being just another, you know, like programs we've heard in the past, which are oh, we'll you know we'll reimburse you fifty dollars a month for your mm-hmm. health club, or right. we'll reimburse you X amount of money if you walk thirty-seven thousand steps in you know in a month or something like that. This is very targeted, very specific, yeah. direct contact with the loan providers, right? And right. This is a really ignorant question. Sadly, Jen, I have been out of school for quite some time. Uh, are the are there myriad loan providers? Is it just mostly two or three big ones? Like, are are there hundreds, thousands of them? Where yeah. are loans held? So, and that actually brings up a really good point because um, in this space, it's also important to know the types of loans. Mm-hmm. Um, we service all the types of loans, and there's really three different categories. Um, there's the federal loans. Those are the ones that are given by the federal government, holds the majority of student loan debt. There is a category called private loans. Mm-hmm. Those are the ugly ones. Those are the <laughs> ones that <laughs> those are the ones that people take. The after. ones that architecture students sometimes take. Hey, look, I, I'm not. I am definitely a private student <laughs> okay. loan holder. Right. Hence, hence the continuing payments exactly. of these student loans. Um, but those have the higher interest rates, no forgiveness opportunities. We see those loans being linked first. 
um, through our platform because it's important to get rid of those. Makes more sense, off. right? And there's no loan okay. forgiveness. I mean, yeah. you know, there's loan forgiveness opportunities potentially for for federal loans. Private loans will follow you and continue to just you know hammer you until they're paid off. Okay. Um, there's that third category that I mentioned earlier, the parent plus loans, mm-hmm. um, which that's kind of a hybrid. It lives in the fi- in the federal um, in the federal loan category, but the private loan or the parent plus loans are really important to know because we can include those or exclude those to the programs depending on what the employers want to do. If they do want to include it um, and pay towards the you know, loans that are technically for the benefit of the of their employees' children. Right. Or if they prefer not to, we can give them that flexibility. So, yeah, and, f- and thank you for explaining all that because I really didn't yeah. know and that's very, very helpful. But yeah. I guess that takes me to the question, which I think I already know the answer to, but uh-huh. I'm going to ask it anyway, which is it doesn't really matter what kind of a loan an employee has, mm-hmm. your platform can facilitate the transfer and, and the payment of, of whatever loan it is. Right. And oh, electronically, that's too. Yeah, that's important that's nice. to know because... For the enterprise clients we work with, for you know, having the ability to scale up and be able to deliver thousands upon thousands upon thousands of payments, you have to be electronically connected. Um, we're connected to about 2,300 servicers, okay. 16,000 institutions. We find occasionally another servicer we have to add, but I mean, we cover pretty much the whole landscape. Interesting. Nobody will be left out. Let me do a quick reset. I'm the, this is Steve Bose, HR Happy Hour Show, live from Las Vegas. Health and Benefits Leadership Conference. I'm with Jen Bailey from Tuition.io. I, I'm geeking out on this subject. I really am. Now, I did graduate with student loans as well. Not as many as you, but it was a longer time ago. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I recall that it was like a decade of me making that, mm-hmm. that payment drove me insane, right? And I can right. only imagine, like, like, I mean, it wasn't big enough where it really impacted me too much. But, like, man, if I, I could think if I had a, starting a job or starting a career and trying to do all the things you're trying to do when you're young and huge debt trailing you around. So uh, it's such an important issue. 1.3 trillion, we said, in student loan debt total in the country. It's amazingly high. So I want to talk a little bit about, uh, we talked about how this all works a little bit and what you guys do to help facilitate. Right. And we talked about the issue a little bit more broadly. And thankfully, you explained how a lot of the mechanics <laughs> work, which I really, I wrote, I literally wrote everything down in notes too. I'm, I'm, I've learned. So I'd like to talk about how this actually gets deployed in organizations, not so much from the technical nuts and bolts and the connections of things. I think we sort of get that, but how do some of the employers you work with typically structure the program? How do they communicate the program? And then we can get into maybe some of the positive effects you see from the program from an employer perspective. Great. Well, I mean, it, it, it's a fantastic question. Thank you for, for bringing that up because I think this is really something that we focus on. Um, we're very high touch with trying to understand the impetus for this program with our clients and trying to understand the business reasons that they're potentially looking at these programs. Um, I think you actually mentioned this in your blog, recruitment and retention. Those yeah. are those are key concepts that people are really focusing on this, this benefit for and, and how do we strategically tie recruitment and retention efforts to student loan contributions. Um, so the process usually starts with a, with a conversation about what's going on in the organization, um, there's an endless amount of flexibility with this program. I try not okay. to. <laughs> it's my job to help to, you know, kind of curate and pare down the options because okay. we don't want people's heads to explode. <laughs> um, but it's, it has the flexibility without any regulation. So you could give it to five employees or you could give it to the whole organization. Um, the communication strategy would differ, obviously, for, right. for those two different types of launches. 
Um, some of our clients, for example, um, I'll give you a good one. Staples is working okay. with us. Um, they are a fantastic partner. They're introducing the benefit for a specific subsegment of their population that is tr uh, they're trying to um, they identified they they have a category called their rising stars. Okay. Um, this population is you know they're they're, they're high performers. They are relatively new hires with the organization, and so they want to make sure that they keep those folks in the organization and they're rewarding them with the student loan contributions. That's their first foray into this with the plans to potentially expand so um, really, stages. And really, so this is a really almost targeted retention tool mm -hmm. and benefit directed at a subset of employees that it's they are really making efforts to retain, engage, and hopefully develop as yeah. well, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, organizations are definitely looking at this for their own purposes and so it's our job to align with that and then make sure to track the progress of those types of uh, programs to make sure that the businesses are seeing the ROI on it. Yeah and, and it sounds like and it's you know one of the things it's, it's difficult to do sometimes in mm -hmm. HR and in talent management and benefits uh, compared to some other sciences if you will if this is a science maybe it is is to do like a B testing or split yeah. testing right it's often difficult to do that because as you said usually a benefit program or a development program or maybe not development program but a benefit program certainly is almost always offered to everybody right, right? like every every location in the company and, and around the world and so it's difficult to know sometimes what is the effect of this particular offering mm -hmm. because well now everyone has it and so I, I don't have a trial group anymore or a control group right, right. so it sounds like you companies can if they do target this or, or implement it in stages can, can see things like retention, yeah. performance, maybe even revenue. Like Staples, I don't know if they're doing this, but I could imagine, you know, you got folks working in stores, maybe these are managers or assistant managers or department managers or something. And you could, in theory, right, say, okay, how is this store performing from a financial perspective, right, once this been, now again, it could be just a correlation, it may not cause it, but again, it could be, it could yeah. be very impactful in that manner. Well, and also organizations are not experiencing the full ROI of training and development with a lot of these young employees that are being pulled right. out of organizations because they're getting an offer for, you know, a small raise of, of some insignificant value. But when you're when you're speaking to them to such a specific level and, and talking to them about their, you know, their real issue of, of debt management and getting through this, mm -hmm. it, it creates that bond okay. that and creates a, um, almost makes employees a lot stickier so that they are less likely to move on from an organization. Um, it compels them oh, so, to yeah. give back that loyalty to organizations, and that's where we're really seeing the retention impact. Yeah. The, so in a, you don't have, it doesn't have to be staples. It could be just a, a generic example. Could you, I, what, I, what I would like to know too a little bit about is how is it typically structured? How a pro, an employer contribution program typically structured? Is it a percentage basis, a flat fee? Is it contingent off on any kind of often like student loans themselves are contingent right. on you, you better stay in school and get a B plus average or something yeah. like that. Uh, are there any contingencies built into the program in terms of, uh, uh, you know, employment and, and performance? Or if not that, just, just the nuts and bolts of, of the contributions themselves. How do organizations yeah. typically set them up? So there's a couple key components that organizations look at. Um, we provide like a plan design checklist to kind of help go through that with organizations, but I'll kind of go down the, the quick list of things. Sure. Um, the first one is how, how do you want to administer this benefit on a frequency level? Is it going to be monthly, quarterly, annually? 
that's usually the first place to start. Um, right. You know, different things might cause you to be monthly frequency, and we're seeing that to be the most popular. Okay. That's definitely the, the more prevalent um, frequency of contributions. The actual dollar value is usually the next conversation. Um, we had a benchmarking roundtable recently with a handful of our clients and some actually some prospective ones. And the general consensus is a meaningful benefit ranges between about $100 to $200 a month. Yeah, I think that's a, such a, I'm going to yeah. pa- make ask you to pause there for one second, Jen, because yeah. I was thinking about that hard, too. Uh-huh. I, I, I kind of thought I knew the answer, and I, like, maybe I'd read it in some of your materials, or I'd read it somewhere else. Like th- That was kind of the answer I was expecting. So you must, through these forums and seminars and working with clients, you guys probably get a feel for what is a meaningful number, right? right. Because this, it doesn't, to me, it seems like it doesn't make sense to do this if the amount's not meaningful. That you wouldn't have retention impact, you wouldn't have a talent attraction impact if it was, mm-hmm. you know, like getting an Amazon gift card once a quarter, right? right. It has to be meaningful at some level, right? You wanna move the needle for the employees on this and, and that seems to both move the needle for them on, um, on a savings level because mind you, these dollars, and this is important to specify, mm-hmm. employees, keep making their own payments. So employees, you're gonna keep making your own payments. Right, this is like not your company do. has taken over right. the payments for you're you. You're not taking over, gotcha. you're making additional payments. The best way to kind of give you a um, analogy is making like a double mortgage payment. Yeah. It's gonna expedite the repayment of that. It's going to save them a whole bunch of money and in interest. And it's gonna give them back a good, I mean, a good handful of free years of student of um, financial freedom. Yeah. So that's the that's the real. So that's where a hundred to two hundred dollars seems to be the the target dollar value. Um, beyond that, then you have the wait period, which you know, you could do a, a three month, a six month, a year wait before giving the benefit. Right. Um, in the benchmarking roundtable, the consensus was six months is the maximum. Um, certain organizations might have their own reasoning for extending that, but mm-hmm. giving employees a little bit of a wait period and then making the benefit eligible. Um, and then the last bit is going to be the um, maximum lifetime benefit. Okay. So potentially having some kind of a, a lifetime earning up to, you know, I see I see benefits that are like $2,000 a year up to $10,000. Okay. So, you know, maxing out the benefit, it also manages the budget exposure for the organizations. Those metrics can change. You know, you can move the needle at any point in time. You're not committed to, you could extend that, but at least putting a, you know, putting, drawing a line in the sand saying benefit is going to expire at this earning. Yeah, this, Jen, thanks for breaking that down a little sure. bit. It kind of validated some of the things I was thinking as well, but it helps to make it really clear how, how folks were thinking about this, to, to think about what you need to think about if yeah. you're going to consider implementing this. I think maybe two other things I wanted to get into real quick before sure. we let you go, Jen. One would be, and I don't know if you guys are sponsoring any of this research or not, or have done any of it, or maybe you've seen some of it anyway. Are, is there, I think I feel like I've seen some data that's starting to emerge that'll suggest things like, hey, ca- uh, candidates are, are this much more likely to be interested mm-hmm. in your company if this kind of benefit is offered, or they're, they're X percent more likely to be willing to stay with the company if this kind of benefit's being offered. Do you guys have access to that kind of research? Are you doing it? Or do you have any comment about just the perception of this benefit in the minds and, and, and hearts of, of the actual employees? Right. There's a ton of research about that right now. We've conducted our own um, surveys of participating employees. We've done external surveys. Um, 
I know we just posted something on our blog mm -hmm. today. Oh, great! With some, we'll put the link um, to that in the yeah, show notes. For definitely sure. has some good had some good statistics. There's one uh, study, and I apologize, I can't recall. Yeah, and the I exact put you source. on the spot with this question too. No, no, no. Um, yeah. it's it's a fantastic question, but I can tell you that um, they they said that employees the gen the majority I think it was 86 percent, but we'll have to double check and you can yeah. add the link. But sure. they would stay with an organization for five years if given student loan contributions. So that number has come out, and I think that one's made its way around multiple different publications because that's a, that's a huge proof point yeah. on this. In, internally, our surveys that we've conducted, it's in the 80s and 90% where employees would say that this is one of their most meaningful benefits. It would um, make them stay or consider leaving the company um, or it would make them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would yeah. Make them, it would make them think twice pr pretty much before leaving a company. And then also we did a survey with a you know general population of, of employees, um, and it said and people did confirm that they would be more likely to take a job mm -hmm. if given this benefit. Um, those numbers, people are saying these things, but the good thing is, is we are actually seeing those numbers translate into retention numbers with our partners yeah. too. So they're saying it, and then they're also acting on it. Uh, one last thing, Jen, I wanted to um, mention or ask you about, and I, you, talk, you hit it uh, at the top a little bit briefly, but maybe I want to circle back to it a little bit, which is what you guys are doing, or at least what you're thinking about, or what some of the employers that you work with, mm -hmm. like the, the smarter ones, hopefully, <laughs> uh, are doing around the broader kind of financial health and wellness and education, right? Because if, if a student comes out, I hate to pick on you, Jen, a student, an architecture student comes out with $80,000 <laughs> of student debt, that you didn't make any bad decisions, right? Yeah. You got your education and that's where you sit. But, but there are lots of other elements or components to financial health, financial wellness, and certainly we know this conference is so full of this kind of content. It's really fascinating mm -hmm. to, to around the talk around this topic. So what are you guys doing or thinking or, 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 or some of the employers you work with thinking about the overall financial health and wellness of employees? employees? Financial health is such an interesting topic right now because there's so many different variations, um, different ways to go at it. We really focus on um, that category of the initial emerging professional that is dealing with the student loan right. debt, and that debt typically lies in the financial or in the student loan um, category. Um, holistically, financial wellness, though, is is critical. I mean, you mentioned it earlier. It's it's something that's impacting the performance at work because it's causing additional stress levels. So. Um, from our approach, we're, we're still living in our student loan world mm -hmm. at the moment. Um, we are fully supportive of student loan or um, financial wellness as a holistic approach. Right. Um, I was listening to one of the, one of the speakers earlier in that, um, I think it was the cracking the nut on financial wellness yeah. was one of the breakout sessions earlier. They're saying that, you know, you it, just giving tools or providing resources may not be meaningful enough to really, right. you know, taking action um, in student or in financial wellness and helping employees better their own situation, potentially with financial um, assistance like sure. student loan contributions. Oh, I can't think of, look, you know, I can't think of anything yeah. that's going to be more impactful mm -hmm. to, to especially a, a newer workers' right. financial uh, well-being than help with their student loans. Right. I, there can't be. There, the data shows that the student loan levels are just astronomical. And these students, are, they're not in the mortgage pool, right, because they can't afford to buy a house or a condo or anything yet. Right. 
right? So yeah, you're, you're hitting that, you're hitting the target right in the center, right? Right, so it, it's actions by the employers that are really taking their first foray into financial wellness. This is still a new subject. This is something that budgets are being allocated for. So everybody's making the moves the way they can. Um, I encourage evaluation of student loan contributions mm -hmm. and, the, and the meaning that it could have for organizations in its own way. But as a broader whole, I think any any first step into financial wellness, whether it's you know finding a great a, a, you know great tool to help people with their budget management, right. um, their emergency savings, um, maybe other resources to help them plan their their own um, or to take out loans for their yeah. kids or something like that. Those are all pieces of a very, oh, yeah. like very um, confusing puzzle. Yeah, it's, it's complex. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of, complex. There's lots of touch points. And I mean, I've even seen things like at HR Tech, like uh, advances in some of the, pay, the online pay slip and, and pay stub technology right. to help you better uh, understand your pay and where it's coming from and how it might change going mm -hmm. forward. Like, like systems that are now setting up to, for like for hourly workers, yeah. we see this a lot where, hey, you know, you're trending on such and such hours for this bi-weekly period. This right. is going to impact your pay in a certain way and you need to be aware of that and things like that. So, anyway, but this is a fascinating issue. Like I said, the student loan issue, this is not going away, right? Yeah. That trend line's going up, right? It's, it's, it's going to be here for a good amount of time. I, I don't see major changes on the horizon. Um, there's legislation proposed to make this a pre-tax benefit, which will only expedite the adoption of this benefit. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Willis Towers Watson, I don't know if you've seen that out, uh, that quote, but they're projecting by 2018, 26% of employers will be offering student wow. contributions. Wow, I did not see that. That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So the financial... No, I think you're right on the cusp of something that's going to get even bigger and bigger. It's right. it's amazing stuff. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're, we're very excited to, to be part of a be part of the conference have had some really exciting very interesting conversations and hopefully know, this was one as well jen this conversation i love Were you this educated conversation me? we could we could talk for another half no, hour i know but, yeah. no, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> you know I, I just like i said this is the third time now this to me was very very important and i'm really really interested in it you know and so uh i'm glad to see hr tech solutions and benefits tech solutions being developed to facilitate and help help folks with a very important and maybe even almost an urgent kind of crisis in 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 society. Yeah. This is a bigger issue. I mean, look, we talked about the employer side of things and retention and talent attraction, and those are the things that are important to the people who come to a conference like right. this. Those are the things that are typically important to the folks who listen to this podcast. Those things are important to talk about. That's what helps you yeah. provide the service to employers and get employers interested in it. But in the bigger picture, right, I think this this definitely falls into, from an employer side, that we're got, we've got to do the right thing, too, here, right? So uh, I think this is really important. So, Jen, uh, tuition.io. Right on. That's the website? That's, that's the website. It's a little tongue-in-cheek. People always wonder, tuition.io, if you say it quickly. Yeah. Tuition.io. Oh, I get it. I'm yeah. just now getting it. Yeah. Tuition.io. <laughs> Clever. Uh, tuition.com. No, it was specifically tuition.io. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, we really appreciate participating. Cool. This was fantastic speaking with you and um, hopefully was able to share a little bit of knowledge and, and exciting little tidbits about this really exciting new benefit. So Jen Bailey, Tuition.io, we'll leave all the links to the blog, to the website. I'm getting some urgent text here from like 
some, ah, I don't know what that is. I hate to get distracted <laughs> during the show, Jen. This has been so much fun. So we'll keep an eye on what's happening in this space. Keep an eye on Tuition I.O. Look, I, I'm not, I normally don't do a lot of these kind of shows, but, we're, but I'm into this. I'm really into this. I think this is really important. I think HR leaders should check this out. I'm not being, you know, uh, my student loans are done, so I'm getting nothing out of this. Thank God. That means I'm old. But uh, thanks so much, Jen Belly from Tuition.io for joining us on the show. And I definitely encourage everybody to check this out. So thanks, Steve. great show. Love being here. Health and Benefits Leadership Conference. Once again, thanks to my friends at Virgin Pulse www.virginpulse.com for all the support and thanks to you for listening to the HR Happy Hour show. We will see you when will we see you next time from Phoenix. I'm going to Phoenix next week. Uh, we're going to do do something out at the uh, Equifax event, so I'm excited about that too. So anyway, thanks for listening. See you next time on the HR Happy Hour show. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour show. Your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.